Now I feel closer to you by that much. Okay. Well, today we're going to continue to talk about increase in family relationships. And today we're going to be talking about and to husbands and wives. And you may be here today and think I don't fit either one of those categories, but you listen because you have friends that do. Okay? So uh, sometimes it's good for us to be able to know not so we can counsel, but so we can help and encourage. Amen. Now, as we look ahead to Valentine's Day, the subject of love is in the air. You know, I was I was at Walmart uh, last night and or yesterday evening late, and I noticed a guy in the aisle where the Valentine's cards all were. And and I don't know if he was getting all of these cards for the same lady or if he has got that many women in his life. <laughs> but honest to goodness, there was a stack of Valentine cards this thick laying up in the uh, the baby's part of the of the buggy. And I thought to myself, boy, he's really he's really uh, going to do it good or he's going to do good, one of the two. So anyway, and one thing that we, we hear talked about a lot uh, is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we're not going to dwell here this morning, but I do want, since, since we got Valentine's Day, that one day of the uh, I want to remind you uh, folks, men and women both, that one day of the year is not enough to show your love. Okay? But it's a good day to show your love. It could get a habit started, you know. And it could have some good benefits. Uh, so as we think about, just for a few minutes, we'll look at this 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse 4. And I just want to touch some things, sort of highlight some things about love. And remind you, this is God's kind of love. Okay, it's not what we think of as love. It's not what they sing about in all your country songs, thank the Lord. <laughs> Are you? And especially the modern day whatever you call the other stuff. I don't know if it's called rock and roll anymore or pop or modern or trash, I think. Okay, modern trash, isn't it? So anyway, but love is not, you won't find it in a country song, chances are. Now, I like a good song about love between a husband and wife, a good, about between a good man and a good woman, a good, clean love song. I, I enjoy that. I enjoy listening to it. You just don't hear much of that anymore. You have to go back to a lot of the older stuff to be able to hear that without getting your mind full of junk. Anyway, move on here. I just want to highlight some things about love. First of all, love is patient. It has kindness. And uh, it's never jealous or proud or rude, and it is not demanding. Love is not demanding. We get demanding sometimes. Because we want to demand other people so we love them. You go and say amen anywhere you want to this morning. It'll be okay. Uh, love is not irritable. It, and the, there's no record kept of wrongs. That's a, that's a quality of love that husbands and wives need to get a hold of. It don't keep record of wrongs. Uh, it don't rejoice in injustice but rejoices in truth. And here's some things about love we need to remember. Love never gives up, 
Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful. It endures through every situation and circumstance that comes along. And if you go to the next verse, verse 8, it says, Love never fails. So that, that's the thing that we, need to, that we need to understand about love. This is some characteristics that's good for us all every day in our home relationships and in our relationships with other people. So now then, I want us to go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. Now this is a classic uh, passage in the Bible about husbands and wives. As a matter of fact, this is the longest continuous passage about husband and wife relationships in the whole Bible. There's a lot of passages. There's a lot of verses. And remember this too from last Sunday, that any verse, in the Bible that talks about relationships between people apply to husbands and wives. It don't have to say, well, that don't say anything about husbands and wives. If it's something that we need to be doing as far as other people are concerned, it involves husbands and wives also. Now, I don't know if you ever realize this or not, uh, but your husband, your wife, their people, and their Christian people and they deserve at least the same respect and dignity that you would show towards another Christian, but to be more so. If there's any place that I'm going to show love to anybody, it needs to be in my home. Because I closed with this last Sunday to help you understand that as you move in your relationship and your relationship's growing in the Lord, and I know there's things that hinders and situations that comes up and Problems and circumstances, I know that. And I know that, that, that there's times that, that things are tough and difficult in situations. But let me tell you something. I determined a long time ago that if there's anybody that I want to be good to and treat good and treat right, it's this lady right here because I intend to grow old with her. I've gone too far in this game to think about growing old with somebody else. I'm going to grow old with her. We're not old yet. All right? But I'm going to grow old with her. You say, well, how old is old? Well, it's older than what I am, and I hadn't got there yet, okay? Five years from now, it'll still be ahead of me, getting old. So in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. A lot of times, in, in women reading this, they, they stop at that verse right there and don't go on. And, and you know, there's such a warped, attitude, <coughs> excuse me, an understanding about what submission is. So if you'll bear with me, ladies, maybe I can answer some of those questions and help your situation to be better as we instruct your husband about how to love you. And all the women said, Amen. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. And all the men said, Amen. Head. The head. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. There's another place for the women to say amen. This getting lower. <laughs> that, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. He might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. 
For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence, honor, and respect her husband. Now, Peyton and Brooklyn heard those scriptures read yesterday. Now you're going to hear them expounded on this morning, so you'll have a good idea. Hallelujah. Now, wives are to submit and honor their husbands. And I want to take that as I said it. I'm going to bring it down the line, and we're going to come back to it. But what we want to do now is we want to spend a few minutes dwelling on husbands, love your wives. So we want, to, we want to look at some things here. See, husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved and loves the church. Now, you, you look at that and you say, well, he loved the church. What about now? He loves the church. His love did not start at a point in time. He's always loved what was going to be. You get a hold of that? He knew in the beginning. See, Jesus didn't wait till he come to this earth to develop a love for mankind. It's always been there. And he loved the church and gave himself for the church, but he loves the church. The church. The church. Every person that is a child of God is the church. Every one of us are. We're all in the church. And, and Victory Fellowship is a part of that. So, so we're in the church, the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is real special to Christ. And here he relates it. The relationship between Christ and the church is being like a marriage between a husband and wife. And the Bible does say that the church is the bride of Christ. So think about how he loves the church. In the next verse, I, I like this from a translation called God's Words Translation. And it says in verse 26 that he did this to make the church holy by cleansing it washing it using water along along with spoken words. Then he could present it to himself as a glorious church without any kind of stain or wrinkle, holy and without faults. You know, I, I never took time to look up in the, in the Greek language the word for word here. And you say, what difference does it make? Well, in the, in the Bible, when it's talking about the Word of God, you know there's two different words that are translated. One of them is logos. And it means something said is written down. So this is, this is the Logos, okay? But the something that said, the word, is called rhema, which means a spoken word. Now, when you take the, the New Testament and you begin to follow the teachings of Christ through the four Gospels, and then you follow what the apostles wrote on over in the rest of the, of the New Testament, you'll find that as far as his body goes, that Christ would encourage the body, he would admonish the body, but he never condemned the body. You follow what I'm saying? So when I love my wife the way that Christ loves the church, then I honor her and I dress her and I sanctify her by the words that I speak to her. Have you got this? 
You take, you take words that I speak. Christ is speaking encouraging words to us today. You take, you take all of these things and you say encouraging words today. And, and you can see them all through that. So what we need to learn to do, husbands, is learn from an example that Christ left us, and that is to speak words of encouragement to our wives as often as there's possibility for us to do that. You say, you mean there's some times I can't do that? Well, let me tell you. I read a story this week. I was going to save this to later, but it'll fit right here. I read a story this week that about a, a, a wedding. It was just a nice, beautiful wedding. Everything was just fine. A lot of people attended. Bride was beautiful. The, the groom, debonair. And so they had their marriage, and they went, left to go on their honeymoon, and they got to the, to the hotel room that night. And they went in, and they were getting settled down, and the husband reached over and took his wife by the hand. He said, Honey, would you come and sit here on the bed for a minute because uh, there's something I want to talk to you about earlier in our marriage. There's some things that, uh, some flaws that you have that maybe you need to begin to work on if it's all right for me to talk to you about those. And the wife said, Sure, honey, because if it wasn't for those flaws, I would have got a lot better man for a husband. <laughs> so... <laughs> I want to speak good words to my wife because I don't want her coming back at me with something along that line. Amen? You know, so so good words, encouraging words, uh, love words. Find something, men, find something good to say. You know, just look for something good. You say, well, I don't. now look, spend time studying your wife and finding Good things. God, now I'm going to tell you, you study your wife, you can find all the flaws. But do you know something? That woman that you're married to knows every one of those flaws probably better than you do. He said here that we're to love. This word love. Husbands, love your wives. This word love means to take pleasure in. To prize above others and be unwilling to abandon or to do without. You, me and you, we, need to, we need to come to a point in our relationship with our wives that we can't even imagine, and we don't even want to imagine what life would be without them. I don't want to even imagine that. I mean, without her, I wouldn't have nobody get my coffee for me. <laughs> but uh, since we got this new coffee maker, I've learned how to make it myself. But I still can't imagine my life without her. I don't want to. Not just on account of coffee or on account of cooking clothes. Oh, cooking clothes. Cooking food. <laughs> Somebody wear them long enough, they need cooking. But anyway. <laughs> Boy, am I messing this up. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes even to talk for me. <laughs> But I can't, I can't, I don't want to imagine life without her. I don't, I don't sit around and think, well, you know, if it wasn't, no, I don't do that. That's not, and, and, and here's something else, men. I definitely will not try to imagine what my life would be with some other woman. Mm, no. Forget that. Now, a great way to show your love for your wife, men, is to pray for her. 
Pray for your wife. This is something that a lot of guys don't do. They, <clears throat> they, I'm heading. This is what's going to be, and this way it's going to go. And they don't spend time praying for their wife. But you know, she needs your prayers. Do you realize, men, that she is the most, and to, is to be the most precious person in your life? The most special person in your life. Your wife is to be more special and precious to you than mama, daddy, children, grandchildren. And I love my grandchildren. Boy, I tell you what, my wife is more special to me than my grandchildren. And every day I pray for her. I pray for her to her spiritual growth. I pray for her physical being that she's healed. I pray for her mental being that she continues to function and, and move on and do good in that area and that thoughts are fresh to her and that she can express them. And I, I pray for her every part of her, every day. Why? Because this is the most precious person on earth that I know by far. And, and men, that's the way that we've got to look at this. There's no, there's no creature, no other creature. Now listen to me. There's no other creature that God made on this earth that can take the place and fulfill in your life what your wife can. So it's important that you learn to pray for her. Pray for her growth. Pray for her protection. Pray for her purity. And then don't do anything that would hinder any of those things. Another way is to show love by communicating with her. Now I told you last week there's no scripture that says, Husbands, talk to your wives. Or that says, Husbands, listen to your wives. But if, if, you, if we are to communicate with each other, the best place for that to take place is in the home. But I would venture to say that most men in America, and most of the women too, spend more time talking to other people than they do to each other. Matter of fact, I read a survey that said that the average husband and wife probably spends about 37 minutes a week, a week in actual communication. I, I'd like to think that we're above average at our house because I, I know we do 45 anyway. <laughs> we do that much a day or more and talk. A lot of times we, we ride down the road and we don't say anything, but we, we, we're there and we know, but there's times we talk, we talk and we, we discuss things. But in Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 11, he said, and this is the message translation, he said, the right word at the right time is like a custom-made piece of jewelry. The right word at the right time. So in this communication, uh, you, you communicate some things we need to talk Now there's times that you may need to say, hey, you know, we need, here's some things we need to talk about. But when you do those things in those times, whenever there's situations and and we all have them. I wouldn't have you to believe that our house is a fairy tale house, okay? Now, we're determined to live happily ever after, but it's not going to just happen. We practice what I'm preaching, okay? Matter of fact, she has a lot of opportunity to practice what I'm preaching because of who she's married to. <laughs> it's easy for me to do this. You know, it's, on my, it's easy for her uh, to communicate with her but anyway, let me go on here. I'm getting in trouble again, Pat. You notice that? 
you, you can go tell Jenny anything you want to about this message, can't you? What did you do, send her to the nursery? <laughs> Here are some things that you uh, need to understand. You need to learn to listen. Any of us can talk, but we need to learn to listen. And this, is, this is an art most men don't do because we're men and, you know, we don't listen. No, I am still. When you listen to your wife, here's the key, guys. When you listen to your wife, you're communicating that she's an important person to you. When you listen to her. Give her your undivided attention for a few minutes, however how long it takes, because that lets her know that she's important to you. She's not just one of the guys at work. Here's some other things that men need to remember. Never interrupt your wife while she's talking to another person. <laughs> okay, ladies. Y'all better be careful. we still got women to go yet. Never, never belittle or put her down in front of other people, especially your children. You talk about your wife and put her down in front of your children, it's harder for your children to have respect for them. And, and let me tell you, folks, something. That's something that we, this is just a little bit off the side here. I'm going to come over to the side here to say this. This is something that we need to guard doing about uh, authority figures in your children's life. Whether it's church, school, teachers, coaches, whatever. When you talk about people in front of your children, they pick up on that, and it's going to be harder for them to respect them. So this is something that we need to hold down on and, and watch and not be involved in doing, okay? I just want to go there. Now, never criticize or correct in public your wife, even as a joke. You don't want to do this in the presence of others. You want to do, you want to always compliment your wife, especially in the presence of others and especially your children. And here's something else that we need to get a hold of, fellows, all of us. All of you listen to me right now. Never bring up her past failures or problems or mistakes. Don't ever bring those up because it'll lead to problems and difficulties. So don't do that. But always find, strive to find Ways to praise her. As I said earlier, she knows her faults. She don't have to be reminded on a constant, regular basis. Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 7 says, and this is our attitude, men, towards our wives, and this is where we need to come to. Thou art all fair, my love. There's no spot in thee. That's the way that we need to look at our wives. You say, but yeah, my wife's got all these problems. Don't, don't try to correct her problems. Pray for her and let the Holy Spirit take care of the things that you would mess up if you tried to correct her. Now then, let's move on to the next part of this. Wives, submit to your husbands and honor your husbands. Now all of this is in this scripture in Ephesians 5 that I read. And this is just as much a part of it as the rest of it. And let me tell you something, men. A wife has 
has no problem submitting to a husband that loves her and proves that he loves her. Now, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 is the first time we find the word wife in the Scripture. And, and Adam said in their marriage ceremony, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife or be joined to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. The word wife here means a woman who is under a husband's authority and protection. Okay? As a result of a marriage covenant. A husband, and I missed this a while ago, but let me come back and give this. A husband means ownership or caretaker. Don't act like you own her if you're not willing to take care of her. Am I, am I too blank, plain or not plain enough or are we getting this? Don't act like you own her if you're not willing to take care of her. All right. Now, submission is mutual. And it's voluntary. Verse 21 of Ephesians 5 says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So submission starts out as mutual. For a husband you submit by loving your wife. And, and I'll, I'll just sort of back up here because I don't want to get into next week's message because we're going to do some more about this, okay? So that, and don't, all you women, make sure your husband's here next week. And all you husbands, make sure your wife's here next week. Because I ain't got no choice. I got to be here. Christ submits to the church by giving himself for it. The husband submits to his wife the same way, by giving himself for the wife. See, here's another thing about submission being volunteer. You cannot put somebody under submission, and it be right with God. If I am putting my wife under submission by holding something over her, then she no longer is my wife, she's my slave. I don't want a slave. I don't want that kind of relationship. I don't want that. I don't, I've never stood and told her, you're going to submit to me whether you like it or not. Now, I've got three children that I said that to from time to time. And they told them and helped them understand that they were going to submit to father and mother and there was no question about it, even though from time to time they would arise a question. You can't put someone under submission and be right with God. I'm going to show you a perfect picture of submission. If we take time, and you've heard me preach on this before and go back and understand that man and woman was created equal in the eyes of God. But there was some uh, uh, a line of responsibility that God set down. And we find this talked about in other parts of the Bible, where that it's God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the husband, the wife, and the children is the line of responsibility that goes down. So uh, in 1 Corinthians Chapter 11, it talks about how that, that the husband or the, the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. That may not be the exact way it says it, but that's what it's talking about, uh, that the head of every man is Christ 
and the head of the woman is the man that Christ is the head of. So we, we can look at it that way. We'll, we'll talk about that kind of thing next week. But in Philippians chapter 2 is a perfect picture of what we're talking about. And, and it says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself. In other words, Christ submitted to the headship of God, and he came to this earth and took upon himself the form of a man and learned obedience even unto the death of the cross. Now, because of that, because of him willingly submitting himself, ladies, because of that, God loves Jesus. We all know that. Your husband loves you. He better. Verse 9 says, Wherefore are because of this, God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When a husband is submitted to Jesus and committed to love his wife, as she submits herself to that headship and that authority, that husband then will do what it says in Proverbs 31. He will rise up and call her blessed, and he will make her name great in her family, before her children, before the community. She'll be known as a great woman. Why? Because her husband loves her, and she submitted to him. Now, this is the example that we need to follow. Men, you know, we need to build our wives up. And wives, you need to be endeavoring to, to get built up by submitting to the husband. Three times in the New Testament, in Ephesians, Colossians, and in 1 Peter chapter 3, wives are told to love their husbands, to submit to their husbands, rather. Wives are told to submit to their husbands three times. But in all three cases... For wives are told to submit to their husband, the husband is commanded to love his wife. So you see, submission without love is slavery. Love without submission is not going to go far. But when there's love on the husband's part and submission on the wife's part, by, but then complimenting and helping each other, then the home is happy. The home is blessed. And they see the great things of God. A great way to show your submission, ladies, is by praying for your husband. You remember I said a while ago, a great way for the husband to show his love is by praying for the wife. And a great way for you showing your submission is by praying for your husband. I know I've shared this with you before, but let me say it again. Many times Loretta has gone and said, Holy Spirit, will you tell David this and this and this, and it won't be long, you know, and until somehow or another... I get the idea that there's things that needs to be different. And and uh, I'll tell her, and she's sort of like, glad you finally got it. I mean, she don't say that, but that's sort of, sort of the way it comes across. Why? Because she's praying for me. Remember this, ladies. 
a praying wife can accomplish so much more than a nagging wife. Get, just give me a drink of water and give that a minute to speak in you. Y'all notice how that I've been red nearly this whole time? Out in the sun yesterday. All right, moving right along. In reverencing your husband, you need to find things to praise him for. Find good things about your husband. You say, well, you hadn't looked lately. Okay? Maybe he's quit leaving the cedar. Maybe he's picked up his dirty underwear. You know, there's things. And here's the thing about it, men. We ought to be willing to do some things that our wife can praise us for. He knows his faults. And dear ladies, as much as I love you, let me say, he don't need you to point them out. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything, okay? Wives need to help meet her husband's needs. By taking her role in the home, she can help meet his needs spiritually, mentally, socially, and physically. Ladies, you accepted that responsibility when you married her. Men, you accepted the responsibility when you married her. And it's important that we begin to catch a hold of the role that God has called us all to be. He's called us to be loving husbands, leading and guiding in a way that a wife safely trusts in that husband to lead the family in their relationship with God and to safely trust his wife to come along beside, beside to help and to lead in the way that it needs to go. God's desire and plan is for us to have happy homes, not homes of turmoil, not homes of problems. And any home, most any home, I'm going to just give myself an out here because somebody said, well, I know it anyway. So most any home that follows the examples that the Lord has given us in His Word can and will be a happy home. be difficulties, there'll be problems, there'll be circumstances come up. But husbands and wives will work at these things together to overcome them so that that home can be what it needs to be for the glory of God. Y'all bow your heads with me for a moment. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you, husbands and wives, I want you just to think about this morning the things that we've said.